Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Welcome to the RuPaul's Drag Race Recap Show for Season 13, Episode 5, titled The Bag Ball. My name is Joe Batanz, and I am joined, as always, by one baggy old ball. From the podcast pod is my co-pilot. Please say... Oh, you ain't got enough material to cover this body. Ah. <laughs> to Taylor the Latte Boy. Hello, Taylor the Latte Boy. Hello, Joe Patance. Uh, everyone who's listening, you guys, you guys just miss a fascinating conversation. It was at times it was serious, at times it was funny. It's called Just Between Us Girls. Taylor and I shoot the shit right before we record an episode of RuPaul's Drag Race Recap. And you can always listen to that and other amazing shows over at uh, patreon.com slash afterthought media. Join at the premium level. They are everyone is getting so much content. This yeah. lately because of this drag race UK and all this drama but anyway but Taylor usually this is the time when I go on and on and on about Patreon but I'm actually going to turn it over to you for a good cause why don't you tell us about what's going on okay so I am affiliated with a wonderful organization called EPIC which stands for Empath Partners in Care and it is a uh primarily an AIDS service organization in the Tampa Bay area. However, this organization is expanding out to also include services for LGBTQ plus elders as well. They don't necessarily have to be HIV positive. So with fundraising being the way it is this year and taking a hit as a lot of nonprofits do because of COVID, uh, Epic is now doing a virtual 5K and 10K uh, called I Run for Safe Sex. And it is a Tampa Bay AIDS walk event benefiting Epic. So what I am asking folks to do, if you are so inclined, if you enjoy doing a 5K, whether you do that over a series of days where you walk a little bit or run a little bit, or if you are wheelchair, wheelchair bound to actually use your wheelchair to go 3.1 or 6.2 miles, um, but to register for this event, it's a $50 registration fee. You get a really awesome t-shirt and a, a really great metal. I've already done my 5K. The metal is uh, the base. It's, it's of a good quality and it's a condom. It's a condom wrapper, and on the condom wrapper, there is a eggplant and a peach, because it's we're running for safe sex. So we're using some of the emojis that are so uh, prevalent today. Uh, And in order to register, you go to myepic.org, which is M-Y-E-P-I-C dot O-R-G, and look for Team P-I-M-C if you're going to register, because that's my team. Uh, I have listeners and my co-hosts on pod as my co-pilot are part of a team, as well as uh, some of our listeners who've actually already heard about this with the Afterthought Media family. A couple of folks signed up. Thank you very much for that. Or send in just a donation if you'd like to do that as well. But it's a really awesome service. 
Um, and it's a lot of fun and it gets people out and getting you some fresh air and uh, you're doing it for a good cause. And the money will go towards services such as mental health counseling for people who don't other- wouldn't otherwise have access to services, uh, money for our food pantry, uh, helping for testing, uh, helping for people to pay for prep that couldn't afford the co-pays for prep uh, services, all sorts of really wonderful things, but you can learn more about it at myepic.org. All right, very good. Uh, and by the way, you can look if you if you if you need to know this, uh, you can put uh, we look in the show notes for today's episode, and there will be a link in the show notes. All right, thank you, Taylor. Uh, let's move on uh, with the show. This week, the queens get into quick baby dragon twerk to RuPaul's song "Happy Birthday," and then a bag of ball in the three look bag ball. Got Mick is awarded the win for this season's ball challenge, and Lala Ree and Joey J are left to battle it out in a lip sync battle for their lives. In the end, Lala Ree's comedic lip sync performance sends Joey J packing. Taylor, the latte boy, named two things you liked about the episode and one thing you did not. Oh, mm. oh, are you okay? What were you, I just what did I just you like, have yes. in your throat that that made that sound? I'm sorry, it must have been a cum bubble. Um, what so the? I <laughs> I liked the I don't know. There's part of this that I enjoyed the episode, mm-hmm. but as far as I, you're normally really like the ball episodes with yeah. all of the looks. Yeah. Not one of my favorite ones this year. Oh, really? I'm not necessarily impressed with a lot of the looks, but I en- I enjoyed the fact that it was going to be the the ball episode. Um a lot of the t- I, Tamisha, Tamisha Iman is she's a joy to watch anytime she's on TV and uh, so I really very much enjoyed her particularly some of her interactions with one Candace Muse. Mm-hmm. Um but I also the thing that I did not like would be uh, the mini challenge, which I'm assuming we'll talk about a little bit shortly. I, I hate I hate mini challenges like that. But what about you? What are two things you liked and one thing you did not? Well, uh, first of all, let's acknowledge this. this is, you know, one of the few times that we are going to because this has been a question on the Discord. So I'm sure yeah. the, the people at home who listen on the public feed have the same question, which is, uh, are we going to talk about Untucked? And of course, yeah, we are going to talk about Untucked. Because uh, it's really the only storyline that yeah, was in the entire yeah, episode. Yeah. And it's so funny. I got a hint. To, you know, I usually don't look watch Untucked because it's usually boring, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, but um, I got a hint when I saw the preview for ne- next week's episode and I saw Tamisha and Candy are going to fight at the top of the show because they're still wearing their bag ball looks. So I right. was so I was thinking, well, if they're fighting after the runway, they must have been fighting in Untucked. So yeah. and I texted you and you and I, you just said, I think you should watch. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and then uh, I got and that, had, that was just the beginning with that was just the beginning with Candace. I'm going to call her Candace from now on. Candace and uh, Elliot. Mm-hmm. Like that was that was just that part. I'm like, ah, oh, this might be something. And then when Tamisha came in and all hell broke loose, I'm like, oh, I'm so glad I told him to watch yeah. this. Oh, I also got like alerts on Discord. Joe, you please, you need to watch Untucked. So um <laughs> anyway, so that said, you know, as much as I hate this Candy Muse, hate her, right? Hate her. Mm-hmm. 
I will say uh, the producers must be loving her because it's injecting the much-needed drama and and something in this show to give it um, a, a, the reality show push that it needs. And so, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, she she I mean she gave the producers exactly what they've been craving. They don't like that Untucked is boring. I mean, you know they don't yeah. because at the top of the show, all the audio clips that they pull are fighting. Yeah. You know, they like the fighting untucked. So they, the, of course, the producers are so happy about this. So, you know, and I like it too, the drama rama rama. Uh, and also, we like seeing Tamisha stand up to Candy Muse, you know? Yeah. So, anyway. Uh, yeah, no, no it's, 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 it shows it's a, but it's also up, up until untucked, it's a different type of standing up. It's not that need to just be louder. It's, it's where we're doing it in a way that is, shows kind of a level of class that you that you kind of earn over 30 years in this business mm-hmm. yeah uh and then uh, number two i liked is and i was going to mention this somewhere else but i'll mention it here is because like a casual point why stop why stop the flow because of it but uh in the workroom this week i don't know maybe it's because now they've i don't know but Gottmik and Rosé were looking pretty fine as boys in the workroom this week. I was very like, oh, what's going on here? <laughs> the Scottish accent on Rosé was very – that kind of made me perk up. Oh, really? And also, and also listen more. <laughs> the very like, oh, well, yeah. that's – that's. Uh, but do Scottish accents do it for you? Um, They can. They definitely can. I know that somebody posted on the Discord, they posted a uh, a nude picture of Rosé, and they mentioned that the reason that Rosé is uncut in the picture is that she was originally born in Scotland. Mm-hmm. So the fact that – and that was just last week that somebody posted on that. So the fact that we got to hear her with the Scottish accent, yeah. it's kind of like – it was interesting. Like it's sort of like, oh, what's his name? The guy he was on, Dr. John Barrowman who was on Doctor Who and he was on Torchwood and stuff like that. And he normally speaks with a um, English accent or an Americanized English accent. Occasion- he is from Scotland and he occasionally goes into the Scottish brogue and that talk about a basement being flooded. That is very much the, yes, I very much enjoy oh, really? hearing him with Scottish accent. Yeah. Like somebody like Billy Connolly, that's not necessarily going to do it for me, but – uh, but yeah, sometimes if you get somebody with that Scottish, it's just the right amount of lilt. It blows my kilt up. Oh, really? Interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I never knew that about you. Yeah. Huh. Anyway, uh, and the one thing I didn't like, and I mean, do we need to, I mean, Candy Meats, what a monster she is. <laughs> yes. You know, what an absolute just monster. Yeah, it seems like she's not getting a lot of love on the uh on the social media right now. And if this if this was if this was an attempt to stand out, she did. You know what? That's for sure. Uh <laughs> all right. After Kamora's elimination, the Queen's return to the workroom and Denali bemoans the fact that she sent her best friend Kamora home. Candy tells Elliot that Elliot should have been in the bottom instead of Denali. Candy feels robbed of the win and considers Simone her biggest competition. Tamisha takes issue with Candy's language and lets Candy know her displeasure. Uh Taylor, your thoughts on everything that happened after Kamora's elimination. Okay, well, the first thing, and again, we talk about the shady producers and the shady editors here. 
the first thing that they show when they come into after they do the recap of last week's episode is a styrofoam head that looks like the eyes on it are Asian, but there's pins all over the face. Uh-huh. I didn't see this. Which which was very much a like, oh, that's not a that's not a good way to start after Kamoro went home. Um the thing that I guess I enjoyed, for lack of a better word, I don't necessarily normally like conflict on TV shows. I think there's something kind of trashy about it, is the fact that uh the way that Tamisha handled the issue with with candy talking about simone as her biggest competition because one that means that you assume that you are better than everybody else there and are being very arrogant about it i think there is what she said later on in this segment there is a difference between confidence and arrogance but she also tamisha also did it in a way that was very inclusive that was very graceful that was very much of the where, you know, you you don't know what the rest of us have. We're we're not this far into the competition yet. We aren't to the point where you've seen what any of the rest of us can do. So before you start saying that, you know, she's the only one here that's clearly going to win, you know, uh, if it's not you, you know, let's pump the brakes a little bit. Um, I didn't understand half of what Candy was saying in the beginning. She was talking so fast and with that lisp. I mean, I got the gist of what she was saying, but I didn't really, I didn't catch big chunks of it. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, okay. Look. It's weird because, you know, there have been some, it's a minority of people who have been like on social media, like, yes, Candy's gross, but Tamisha did poke the bear kind of thing. But I, 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 I've thought about this because I do, I do think in both cases, and I think even Tamisha would acknowledge that she poked the bear, so to speak. And, but in this case, I feel Tamisha wasn't necessarily, uh, doing it to poke the bear as much as probably because of her years of experience being at drag competitions, beat around a lot of drag queens mm-hmm. and just knowing the, how the personalities can be saw and probably even just knowing drag race could see that candy will use her size strength and volume to dominate the competition and that tamisha needed to step in to preemptively set a boundary you know and 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 essentially what she even though she is saying don't say that about this person's my competition i think what she's really saying is Stop dominating the narrative. Like you're not defining. Like it, 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 she, she, she's probably saying, "Let us all breathe," because she could see that Candy is handing the producer the storyline and making, and maybe that's what Candy is doing to make it so that they are in the top two. If that makes sense. And also, it does. Yeah. It does diminish the other queens. It really does. When you, when you, especially, and she's right that early in the competition, because even though we're on episode five. In their heads, they're on episode three. So, yeah. uh, you know, they've only really had three competition episodes. So for them... But technically, this is, but technically, this is also episode one of the first... The, Kamora was the first one to go home. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So you're, it's episode yeah, two so of really, the competition. The regular season, yeah. this is the first... She's the first one to go. Yeah. You're right. So in their head, they've mm-hmm. had one person go, 
And even though they've had three or four episodes of nonsense and no competition, now we're really in the competition. All that was just pre-show. And there, you know, you're right. This is after the elimination. This is the first night of the competition. And already Candy is saying, you're my biggest competition. All the 11 other girls here don't matter. And you're, yeah. and, and so I think Tamisha is probably saying, she's trying to nip it in the bud. And be like, yeah. stop. And we could have arguments about the 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 gracefulness of that, but it. I think everybody was like, after seeing what's what's so funny from a TV's perspective is after seeing Candy stomp all over everybody for five episodes, everyone's like, yes, you know, thank you for mm-hmm. trying starting to put a, a nip it in the bud, you know, yeah. Like in other words, who's going in and saying this is my biggest competition? You should have been in the episode a bottom instead of Denali, blah 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 blah. Right. And it's like, so I can see why Tamisha's annoyed, not even just for herself, but that. But also later on, she tells Elliot, uh, you're not self-aware. Yeah. <laughs> yes, no, I definitely I I picked up on that immediately where she's talking about that Elliot needs to read the room. And I was very like, I'm sorry, what? Yeah. Like, you know, maybe we take our own advice here. You know, I, and I commented on that as far as bringing it back to the first segment. Particularly, I wrote that, you know, Candy's going to talk shit about Elliot to her face. But when Tamisha tries to nip it in the bud, then immediately she takes offense to it and is saying, you know, oh, you want to make an enemy. Like anybody that says anything negative to candy who is very much of the that's the way i feel if you don't like it that's your problem Mm -hmm. but then immediately when somebody says something about her and that's her problem she's decided that she's going to make an enemy of that person she had done it with elliot earlier in the season i feel like she's done it with she's done it with other girls already where if anybody tries to remotely talk shit about her then she she lashes out she lashes out decides that they're going to be a problem it's 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 very hypocritical behavior. It's also something we're not used to seeing as much in the gay community. And what I mean is this is yes, gays have are amazing at being bullies, right? Mm-hmm. But the energy that she's giving, the form of bullying she's doing is much more something that you're akin to seeing in the straight world where straight guys are like that. It's very almost kind of um it has a sort of mobster quality, you know, where it's uh-huh. it's it's threatening. I know somebody actually. I know someone who is a big person, very a straight guy, and he's very very big, right? And I've seen uh-huh. him use his size to intimidate people, and it's very it's very subtle. It's not like uh like I'm going to use my size, but like that. And maybe he he like puffs up the chest and gets in their face. And intimidates them, and she essentially does what in gay drag that same thing, where it's like I am going to. What's funny, and you probably can talk about this from a mental health perspective, especially in the untucked segment. What you, what I really see actually is a person in enormous pain. And what's funny is, oh, we got to get in this. Remember to get into this untucked is the way. And I, I, I know you, I know you wrote a book about this. <laughs> all right. Called Daddy. And the title of that book is Daddy Stop, uh, by, <laughs> by Taylor the Latte Boy DDS, right? 
But I, when, I love this. I look forward to this every week. Okay, go ahead. Yeah. But in your book, Daddy Stop, um, the way Tina and Got Mick react around Candy yeah. makes me wonder, and I don't know, I don't have any evidence, they have some sort of trauma in their past where um I don't know I don't know their history. I don't want to purport, I don't want to say that I know anything about their lives. But it seems like a lot, a lot of times when like the kid has to stop, like comes from a, a house that fights a lot, and they're like, please, daddy, stop, 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 you know, or mommy, stop fighting, blah, 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 blah. The the reaction they had to this seemed like that too. It was especially specifically got Mick. Like when Tim when because essentially oh, I can't get into untucked right now. I can't get into untucked. But the point <laughs> is for her to go after Elliot was so fucking rich later on. I'm like, oh, that's rich. That's what we should call that segment. Yeah. Oh, that's rich, Candy. <laughs> right? That's really? Rich. Uh, well, so- I would say because it seems like she, <clears throat> you know, so often with bullies, bullies pick on the kid that they feel is is an easy picking. And you figure Elliot was voted off by everybody in the with, with the, the the loser group or the B group, um, and then she got to be in the winner circle. So it becomes where she and she is the first person that says something to Candy on the episode where it was just the the six that won the lip sync. So it makes sense that she's going to just keep going after her because she figures at some point if I just keep going at her, it, 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 it I will feel some sense of accomplishment when she goes home. When she goes home, it will be because of me. It will be because of that, because I helped to play a part in that, because I think she is, as you talked about, you know, trying to produce her own storylines. And she figures if she's the big mouth, if she's the one that constantly is making statements and being in the middle of everything, then that will be that will be more airtime. And that will clearly lead to her winning the crown. No, you're right. A hundred percent. You're right. Uh, to move on, because I don't want to ignore, I don't want, you see, because what I'm afraid of as well, so thank God I have notes here, what I think. Uh, I'm afraid of not only, I mean, uh, obviously it's, it's, it's necessary here, but of Candy even sucking up the air in this podcast, you know? So I do want to point out a couple of things. One, there's a conversation that they have where they say Denali, you know, why, why would they put Denali there? And actually what's funny is I don't disagree with them. But as we know, right? is uh the producers often choose who's in the bottom two not just because who was truly in the bottom but there can be a finish her aspect and i think they knew denali would send kamora home and that's why they put her in the bottom two uh they was like maybe they weren't ready to lose elliot or they weren't ready because they they realized there is a chance that we put these other people that we'll have to send them home so they knew mm-hmm. if we put in denali we can make we can justify in editing a case to put her in the bottom, and uh, we she can quote unquote finish her. I think to go back to a previous season, an iconic moment of this of the whole series. I think that was originally the point for Valentina was to finish her in terms of uh, Nina Bonina Brown. Right, and we saw that failed miserably, but um, yes, but but I think that was originally the intent. They wanted her to finish off Nina, and she didn't. And I think the point for Denali to finish off Kamora, send her home, send her packing, and to make it justified. Yeah. So uh, that's yeah. why. Then also later, Elliot, 
she she's brought this up before, but she even articulated this even more than she has before, where she kept saying was like when she was talking back to Candy, her argument is like, <laughs> well, they keep me around for some reason, and I'm like. Yeah, you were part of a storyline. It could have been anybody. It's a faceless. That story was produced long before you walk in the room, Elliot. Um, yeah. That, no matter who was sent, this was going to be their storyline. It was not because you're special or anything like that. Do you have any other thoughts on this uh, pre-show segment? No, I, th- I think that the, the idea of anytime anybody says something to Candy, they immediately become her enemy is stupid that 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 speaks more to candy than it does anybody else yeah all right very good uh next rupaul enters the workroom to announce this week's mini challenge baby got back the queens have 20 minutes again the quick baby drag to twerk to rupaul's song happy birthday la la re stands out and wins a 2500 dollars gift voucher next rupaul announces this week's maxi challenge the bag ball which is a 36 look bag ball or ball where they're going to show 36 looks with different uh, themes here. One of them is mixed bag. Wasn't that they used to use some sort of pun on bags? Um, yes. There's a money bags one. What was money bags about? Money bags, I think, was just to look luxurious. Oh, and to look expensive. All right. And then finally was bag yeah. drag. And that's when you used bags to create your drag. It was a sewing challenge. That, that was So clearly the queens bought the first two looks and then they had to create that third look. I hate these mini challenges where they it, it it feels like they're trying to embarrass the girls. I feel like we've seen these before with old lady drag and we've seen it with I'm trying to think of another one that I can't think of. Well, the there was head, the offensive with, one when they had to dress like a, a Mexican person or something like that or like in a like, Oh, no, no, no. It was a, or were they, were they all doing um, what was her name? Frida Kahlo. Was it, were they all of us were dressed up to season eight, I believe it was, where they all had a dress uh, Frida Kahlo. That one was offensive yeah. to Mexicans. <laughs> or might yeah, have been Mexican, was, yeah. I, yeah there, there's things like that that are just very much of the where it's like even the thing where she did the like a little baby and then like a bunch of them all had to make like the weird baby faces and stuff. But we're all grown. We're all grown men, like not in drag. And there's just something about that that I hate that I just absolutely hate that segment and and I would love to see that go away. It's so funny because I it's it's so I I am I just I think those mini challenges like that are just stupid in general, right? But yeah. uh there were a couple of observations that I had that were so interesting. In that, you know, this was filmed in late summer during the height of mm-hmm. COVID and they knew full mm-hmm. well it would air sometime in early 2021. But first of all, now we learned why there was a stage there. So, okay, great. But two is uh, this is a challenge and these kinds of challenges are meant to they're, – they're, it's the producer. I think it's very clever of them. The producers are knowing who their audience is and knowing that a big chunk of their audience watches this show together in gay bars. And this is the yeah. kind of challenge that would play – so well at a gay bar at a packed gay bar these are the kinds of challenges that do really well because the audience can laugh and hoot and holler and cheer during these kinds of challenges and they don't necessarily play as well at home but they but i feel like it was the producers it was somewhat sort of like sad or cute that's cute you thought we were going to be back in the clubs in early 2021 but thinking (laughs) well we'll be back in the club and this will play really well at the club because it doesn't really play as well at home maybe there are people who do but there's no one i don't i don't are there any queens who are like 
Yes, Queen house down boots at home by themselves. Yeah. No. Um, no, not really. Except, except that being said, while it didn't look like a baby other than a diaper, does Joey J in a Union Jack suit with sunglasses on and a diaper? Not the diaper part, but Union Jack suit with just the, the with the mirrored. Yep. 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 <laughs> uh, let's move on to the next part right here. Um, all right. Uh, the maxi challenge prep. All right. In the workroom, the queen scrambled together bags as materials for Zaycone's term bald headed brigade, which includes candy, Lala, and Simone. Yudika helps Lala to thread her bobbin. Lala breaks her sewing machine with her bobbin. And Gottmik gives Simone pointers on crafting and styling her garment. Finally, Tamisha reveals that Tamisha was the first person to, uh, put, uh, Lala re in drag, but they haven't spoken much in years. Meanwhile, Tamisha clears the air about who is and isn't a member of the house of Iman. After the break, category is impromptu as the girls give Utica a lesson in ball culture. Taylor, lots going on in the workroom before the table visits. Um, any thoughts for you on that? I guess my fear anytime one of the girls helps another girl with a sewing machine or a sewing challenge is I'm always – because I assume that everything they put on the show is for a reason. And I guess my fear with that, particularly with Utica helping Lala, was please don't have this be something where Utica is called out on her look and Lala wins, which we saw that that was never going to happen, um, and then takes credit for it. I feel like we saw that with uh, BB and somebody, uh, Bebe Zahara. And, it was uh, uh, Aja. With Aja, yeah. <clears throat> and I'm always afraid that that's going to play out again. So especially because, I mean, I think we're all sort of falling in love with Utica a lot. Um, what was the other things? The, the, the culture, the, the, the talk on ballroom culture, I thought was very important. I think mm-hmm. it speaks a lot to our long uh, history of LGBTQ plus history. And the fact that, again, Tamisha sort of teaching the children – you know, but having an opportunity to do that was a very fun moment. It was very much of the where she just she seemed to be enjoying herself and everybody seemed to be having a good time in the, in the workroom. I really, really liked that. Uh, I'm trying to think. What was the other thing? I don't know. Was that it? I okay, I'm wait trying to see what I have to when I have to talk. I don't care what other people are saying. Okay. <laughs> no, I, th- I think I think <laughs> you touched you? on all the points. The one thing, the one point I will say, and I think you have a lot to say about this. Is let's talk about Simone uh, revealing. I think she reveals in the table visits, but it comes. We'll talk about it here. She can't sew. Yeah, and this comes up a lot on social media when a queen says this. And I actually thought about this yesterday, and I have thoughts, but I want to get your thoughts because RuPaul has said this on What's the Tea, like how you come on another show and you can't sew. Meanwhile, I don't think Ru knows how to sew anything, right? Right. Um, Brew could never work a bobbin. No. So anyway, Simone, she can't sew. What are your thoughts on that? Because RuPaul is think it's very important that you should know how to sew when you come on RuPaul's Drag Race. I think at this point, thirteen seasons in, that that is a requirement at this point. I really do. I understand because it feels like the girls so often the girls who hot glue an outfit together. It, it they are the ones who always get called on it. So I think that in order to sort of maybe secure a higher place in the rankings, 
basic sewing at this point, I think is, is something that if you know that you're going to be on the show or you know that you are applying to be on the show and many of these girls have applied multiple times, then at least know, you know, after you submit your tape and you're waiting to go through the screening process, if you're going to be a show or not, have somebody teach you how to sew some basic patterns. Have somebody walk, walk you through how to work a sewing machine, a basic sewing machine. Um, it, it makes sense. I get that it's good for drama to add some girls who don't know how to sew, but you're sort of setting yourself up at a disadvantage at that point going onto the show. Knowing at this point, especially, you know, we seem to follow a pattern every season and a sewing challenge. There's always at least one sewing challenge and it's always relatively early in the show. You know, we saw those with Joey. Joey didn't know how to sew, so she glued everything, you know, she glued everything together. And it's, and ultimately it's one of the things that sent her home. Um, kind of speaking on something that you just said, what I would love to see, and we know it will never ever happen is at least once a season on Top Chef, they do a mini challenge where Tom Colicchio, who is the head judge, competes against the other uh, contestants where he comes in and they all have to do whether it's a mise en place or they have to they have to cook something with different ingredients and he's one of the contestants so they all are like co- trying to compete against tom i would love it if rue came in and had just the where they had a sewing challenge even as a mini challenge where the, i know it'll never happen i know it'll never happen but how cool would that be if it's even if it's something where you make you know the gayest pillowcase something that is really technically just like three or four lines and whoever comes up with it the straightest or something like that would would be it, it would be a fun challenge to see but i absolutely agree with you you know for, for the eye rolls that you're giving it would never ever happen well it has to do with this <laughs> let me say this before i say what i'm going to say okay I've seen RuPaul in person as a drag queen multiple times. Okay. Yes. And I will say, and I'm excited for you to see her one day, Taylor. She is breathtaking how beautiful she is. I mean, it literally takes your breath away. She's stunning. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Apart from that, she has none of the skills that she requires on this show. I just recently saw, and I don't know how this happened. Uh, a video on YouTube, it was on one of the social media pages, uh, of RuPaul somewhere at some random bar. But this is like late, like Drag Race has been airing for a while, RuPaul, right? Like she's, mm-hmm. it's not rough looking RuPaul. This is RuPaul looking expensive. And she's performing at a gay bar. I don't even know why this happened or there's no explanation, right? Yeah, I've seen that. She's so horrible, right? <laughs> She would lose every lip sync. Not only that, did you watch this horror show that was AJ and the Queen? No. <laughs> on that, I've not heard good things about it. On that show, on at several points, she has to perform. And in this show, she's like a legendary drag queen that everyone loves and is so great. On a scripted show where they have people who do everything for her, it's horrible. You know. The big joke about this RuPaul is that um, essentially Matthew, with her guidance, created the look that we know as RuPaul, Matthew Anderson. But, like, yeah. you know, Zaldi designs the dresses. Raven's doing her makeup. They have a new ma- a hair guy, but it used to be Delta. And before that was Matthew. Like, everything – she just sits there and they make her look like RuPaul. And everyone – even Queen's and owner – like, RuPaul – couldn't sew a paper bag 
you know? Right. So you're, I, know, I know this would never happen. Plus, there's a chance that somebody would do better than her, and then she would never allow herself to look stupid on, mm-hmm. on the air. But I know. Like, it's just one of those in a, in a fantasy world that would happen. Because RuPaul essentially would do some would, would perform yeah. a lot like Quamora Hall. Wasn't there a season recently? I feel, I feel it was either Celebrity Drag Race or All Stars where the judges actually competed against each other. That was the Christmas special last year. Oh, was it? Okay. And Yeah, uh, and it was clear that they they switched them with people doing backflips and stuff that it clearly wasn't yeah. Michelle and Drew. Yeah, that's right. They did a lip sync and it was uh uh horrible. Even that. So no, this would be that would be horrible. What they should, you know, but they they should bring in drag queens who do know what they're doing, like maybe former contestants who are really good at that stuff and have them compete against them. That's a great idea, uh, Taylor. Yeah. If you're listening yes. to World of Wonder, please uh steal that idea and do not give Taylor uh credit. Okay, perfect. <laughs> Uh, table visits. Um, RuPaul does a workroom for some table visits. Now they're doing a thing this season. I believe, I don't think it's anything nefarious or weird. I think it's just for COVID reasons. So the cameramen yeah. aren't moving too much and Ru's not moving too much and just, it limits things. Um, uh, they come to Ru. So Ru stands yes, at one table. I, I, I noticed to- that and yeah. she's standing definitely more than six feet away from them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's for COVID uh, safety reasons. Uh, first, and, and also if you know it's two at a time to probably limit how much time she's in the workroom and whatnot. Yes. Um, all right. So it's Candy and Simona, the first two up. Candy promises to deliver on the runway and Ruth goes into this big speech with Simone about her inner saboteur. And when Ruth asks Candy about her musings on the topic, um, what does Candy say? And Rue loses her fucking mind. I love it. Yeah. And Rue thinks that's so funny. Uh, mm-hmm. What were your thoughts? Any thoughts there on that table? Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, know. the only thought that I had was was about Utica. Utica's explanation of herself. Was okay. Well, we'll get to that. Why don't we get that much. next? But what, I'll, what I will say from a general perspective is it's it's weird from having to recap the show it's not terribly interesting but actually i do mm-hmm. like seeing that they've they've taken a positive turn with the table visits don't get me wrong and we should probably you know when we go to break now this is more work for me we should probably do what they do and go after the break and it's us like fighting and stuff like that and that <laughs> never happens during the show because what they do and they made it seem like before they went to the table visits like after the break and they're like rupaul giving that <gasps> no face and it's like nothing happened it's, that's, right. That's the part I've never got. It's a lie. It is a lie. It's a one hundred percent a lie. Anyway, and if they if they sprinkle those in one every yeah. five or six, then that's something where you go, oh, we need to watch this. But it is always it, 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 it. We I think those of us who watch this show with any regularity know that that is that's not going to be what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In fact, what I'm often doing is, is when I see that, if I'm paying attention, I'll go. What's the lie here? What's the reality going to be? The the game is, what's the reality going to be? All right. Mm Gottmik tells Rue that she's inspired by art and shapes. Meanwhile, Utica describes her fashion as wittier than Carol Burnett and Lucille Ball, scarier than Tim Burton, and a little bit of Alexander McQueen. Uh, We learn she makes costumes for a living, and she's going to be using sleeping bags as material. Taylor, you said you have thoughts about Utica. Just that I loved that explanation of herself. I think that there was where, where she is one of the quirky kids, and that she also understands and recognizes what fashion is. And she, she, I think that she's a, she's somebody that to watch. 
Um, and I think that the girls are starting to see that. I think that she was sort of dismissed in the beginning. I dismissed her in the beginning. And now that we're watching some of the work that she does, um, she's, she's very impressive. She's very, very impressive. And the fact that she was able to bring in all of those pop culture references to describe who she wants to be, what Utica, what she wants Utica to be is a perfect spot on. I don't get scary so much yet, but that may be where we see that a little bit later down the line. I don't think she's scary. I mean, I think everything that I predicted on the Meet the Queens is coming true. And and look, don't get me wrong. I like Utica from Meet the Queens. as She was one of my favorite queens. And um, I like her now. But mm-hmm. I'm able to like her uh, from a safe distance with some impartiality involved. You know? What troubles me, and this has nothing to do with Utica. Nothing. Utica is just being... Utica, and that's what we love about her. She's authentic. She's right. organic, you know, she's authentic to her true self. And I think, and she's a very, uh, her authentic self is a beautiful person. So I want that to be known. Yes, I would agree with that. What I worry about though is, and especially how she's presented on the show, is I'm a red, there is a, a, a dark element to, um, the fans of RuPaul's Drag Race. You know, much akin to our political situation where, you know, I'll give Republicans, if there are normal Republicans, and then you have, like, the QAnon crazy people, right? Right. Uh, and it seems like those crazy people are overtaking the Republican Party. But um, it's the same thing, I think, in RuPaul fandom, RuPaul's Drag Race fandom, is that there is a dark uh, element to that fandom, and I can already see that someone like Utica makes him very excited, and that she's the the image she presents is someone as very precious and and now you and I see like oh that's so cute we like Utica they see it as she is precious and she must be defended at all costs and I feel sorry I don't know what when Utica's if, if Utica's going home and when she's going home I really don't. No, I, that's a lie. Actually, I completely one hundred percent know. But, but I, 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 there's no hint to this. But what I will say is, I'll say this: if she ever lip syncs, or if she ever lip syncs, and the odds are she will at some point, uh, mm-hmm. I fear the person who goes against her, and God forbid they send her home because they will get hate, like no one's business. And 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 you know, I hate to be honest about this. It would be I, another Kennedy Davenport. Yes, and I and I think there is a racial element to this. The 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 there's an element, a faction of the fandom of RuPaul's Drag, drag Race that is incredibly racist. It's funny that you bring up Kennedy Davenport, because on the flip side, Kennedy Davenport, when you look at her quote unquote Drag Race resume, is so fucking impressive. And then if you look at her resume yeah. outside of RuPaul's Drag Race. It's impressive. I mean, she is and she has proven herself outside of Drag Race, before Drag Race, in Drag Race, after Drag Race, right? Yeah. Yet she doesn't yes. get the bookings that the other queens do. She doesn't have the followers that the other the white queens do. She doesn't have any of that, and that that is in that is indicative of the the dark side of RuPaul's Drag Race. Mm-hmm. And and on the flip side, Utica is the kind of person like Katya. Like uh, Blair St. Clair. Uh, I don't know who else there is. Actually, even though Valentina is a person of color, Valentina had brought this out in people. Where Because uh, mm-hmm. remember, Nina Bonina Brown got hate for sending home Valentina, who didn't wear a fucking mask. Right? Yeah. And Who uh, didn't wear a word. She wore a mask. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. She, she yeah. wouldn't take it off. You know? <laughs> she wouldn't take it off. 
And, um, and she got hate for sending Valentina home and, and all she was doing was lip syncing for her life. And I feel that Utica, I can already even see it on the Reddit pages is already bringing up the, I love you so much. And the, and, and, and that she must be protected. She's a delicate. She's just like power. us. She's just like us. It's like we're on the show. Yeah. Yeah, that's... yeah. And it's going to be ugly if it ever happens. If you want to know if it does go, you can join at afterthought.media. Uh, Patreon page and find out on the rumor mill if it ever does. Uh, okay, just to touch on Joey J and Lala Ree, uh, Joey describes his style as aesthetic as edgy butch queen, his aesthetic, I'm sorry, as edgy butch queen and lipstick lesbian. Lala's inspired by Beyonce, Grace Jones, and a local Atlanta pageant queen scene. Uh, finally, RuPaul gathers the queens to add one more element to the maxi challenge, a coach creative tabby bag. Any thoughts on those final moments there, Taylor? I like the idea of the coach bag being added in. Um, I was, I, I was impressed with the sponsorship. I mean, coach is, coach is a pretty big deal. It's, mm-hmm. it's not, uh, you know, fearstragjewels.com, you know, oh, you have to incorporate that into yeah. your look. I mean, incorporating coach into something yeah. is that, that kind of shows where the show has come to the pop culture zeitgeist mm-hmm. to where they're having people like coach, you know, where they're, they're pretty much giving away these coach bags for these girls to do whatever yeah. they want with. Yeah. No, I, I was thinking the same thing too. Like, Oh, look at them with their coach. It wasn't, yeah, it wasn't uh, uh um baby boy batter.com or what. Remember the early days they would have like weird ass sponsors come in. And it's like, Oh, look, it's a uh, scruff. <laughs> scruff yeah. App, you know, <laughs> Uh, Andrew Christian underwear. You have to incorporate Andrew Christian underwear somewhere into your, uh, into we, your. Well, looks. yeah, look, via video, they're having the coach creative director there and they're not having stupid Andrew Christian come in and just stand there and stare at them like a lunatic. Uh, <laughs> all right, Taylor. Well, why don't we, on that note, why don't we take a break and when we'll come back, we'll get into Elimination Day and then we'll get into these fucking looks, but also a brand new segment. We'll be back right after this. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Wait, Taylor. I get so excited when the music starts because I know it's going to end with a yeah. So that that makes me very happy. All right. <laughs> it's elimination day and the girls are getting ready for the runway. Candy questions Joey's taste level. And this week, the girls talk about the pain of racism against the black community. Simone expresses her trauma over George Floyd's murder. La La Ree breaks down into tears in her confessional. And Tamisha, Olivia, and Tina expand the conversation to include trans people of color. Taylor, your thoughts on the elimination day? Lots of heavy stuff there. There was lots of heavy stuff there. I was glad to see that with the exception of Tina, and I know that Elliot talked for a second, it was the queens of color that were talking the most. Because uh, I feel as though it would have been easy for them to go to the cute white twinks, to, you know, explaining Black Lives Matter to to people. And, and the fact that it was all of the queens of color that were the ones that were doing the talking was important. And this is this is probably a not it's it's a horrible thing to say but i mean i the 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 when they recorded this it was so recent for them as yeah. far as the george floyd and 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 the protests and everything and unfortunately i mean like that was one of those i was like oh my god like that happened within the last like 6 months mm-hmm. it it feels like it was so long ago yeah. and and that made me a little sad to to hear that to to, to realize that is what i mean yeah 
well, okay. So here's what to say about this. Actually, I think I think what we saw, believe it or not, I I, I thought a lot about this afterwards. Might be one of the most. Now, by, by the way, I don't know if you know this, Taylor. I'm not a black person, right? <gasps> yeah, not a black person. But um, as a person who is an ally of black people and their movement, um, I think on my for my part or from on in my opinion, it was one of the most uh, impressive uh, commentaries I've seen in my limited experience on Black Lives Matter, and I'll tell you why. As we know, Drag Race has a tendency from being very uh, a little uh, heavy-handed with their editing, and they can do things that I think aren't necessarily as sensitive. Like, I don't think the way they handled Pulse necessarily was as sensitive. It seemed a lot like they were um, using the massacre for uh, uh, for the show, and I didn't, I wasn't comfortable with that. But yeah. What I will say with the way they handled Black Lives Matter, and particularly Black Trans Lives Matter, is in, in a way they were using the platform in a powerful way in some ways that I'd never seen. And so often in the media, you see the Black Lives Matter movement portrayed in the media in a way that it's always, and, and rightfully so, Black people being angry and and demanding uh equal treatment and to and, and and to to let's uncover why are black why are there more black men incarcerated than any other race? Why mm-hmm. is it that black men are dying at a much bigger pace? Even if you take COVID, like why are black people and this is true for a lot of people of color, but in particular for Black Lives Matter, why are they dying more than others? We need to find the problems inherent in the system to help solve these. We can't until we do that. But often when the media portrays it, it's people rioting and angry. Now, by the way, as Martin Luther King says, a riot is the last, I might be getting this quote wrong, but it's the last cry of the unheard or something like that, right? Yeah. And so when you see this, so the way, especially for a lot of people who don't live around black people, they see the news, especially Fox News, and they just see angry black people. So what was very powerful about this Right, because in the media, Black Lives Matter is just seen as an angry. That people are angry, and like I said, rightfully so. But what was very powerful about this, and I've never seen before, and that's where Drag Race, I think, was very impressive, is that this systemic racism against Black people is painful. So when yeah. you see Lala Re break down in tears, you're seeing something that I've never seen in the media before: is the pain and hurt. That this causes. What we're seeing Uh is the aftermath is like once you wipe away the tears enough, you're like, no, fuck this. I can't take this anymore. You know? And that's what we're seeing in the media. But you don't see how painful and sad it is. You don't see a human being cry. You know? And exhausting. And exhausting. What I got from La La crying is exhausting. The, the, the recognition that it could have just, she says it, it could have just as easily been me at that Wendy's. Yeah. It could have just, just as easily been, been, you know, and, and the idea that they are going through life, people of color with the constantly, I can only assume constantly looking over their shoulder for some 
to some degree that is this the day that a cop out of nowhere decides to pull me over or to stop me when I'm walking on the street or for me to be accused of stealing something when I didn't or, you know, I mean, it's, it's exhausting hearing that I have, I have clients that are of color that talk to some degree about this and, and talked about it more. Uh, it's interesting. Uh, talked about it from the perspective of as a person of color. And also I have, you know, for a long time, we had protests downtown, downtown St. Petersburg, as most cities did. And I had white clients that lived downtown that were coming at it from the perspective of, okay, it's been a week. You know, like we, we get it, get over it, that sort of thing. And me having to, to, to sort of that was a time for me to speak up and go, no, because the problems are still here. So if you're complaining about the right, the, not the rioting, but the, but the, the, the marching mm-hmm. going down your street, suck it up, buttercup, because it's going to be until this goes away, you know, until systematic racism is solved, which unfortunately I don't know that it will ever be solved, you know, we are going to see this to varying degrees over time. And then to hear the people of color that are talking about it and talking about how tired they are of it and how frustrating it is. And that I, you know, I, as a, as a white man don't understand. So I'm glad that you are approaching this segment this way. Cause I thought you were going to do that. Taylor, what are your thoughts on black lives matter? And to which my response would have been what it is now, the best thing I could do is to listen is to listen and really take in what people are saying, whether it's my clients, whether it's friends of mine who are of color, whether it's, you know, the the queens on this reality show that we watch. But just it is my duty as someone, as a white man of some level of privilege to to shut up and listen. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, to be honest with you, I think that's an important first step if we can get people to do that. Uh, now let's talk about the other thing that was important here is, uh, black trans lives matter. Now, one of the things I start, I, I, I made a collection on a, an app called Feedly. Now there's many apps like this. I think Feedly might be one of the more popular ones where it allows you to collect different RSS feeds and, and make like your own personal news source kind of thing. And so mm-hmm. I've made a list. I found every gay news source that I can. And I've compiled it into one list that is called Gay News. And what's sort of amazing about it, I, I love it more than anything. It's my favorite thing to read every morning because it's like the Gay News <laughs> tackles everything. It'll be like, you know, Joe Biden signs executive orders on climate change. And the next story is, you know, watch um, Vic Simone fuck the shit out of this person. And I'm like, <laughs> I just, I'll send you a screenshot. It is one of the most amazing things. And I'll post it in the Discord that I've ever seen. It's just the headlines just go like that. But, one of the things I actually really do like is the 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 people who curate for these gay blogs find stories that are not necessarily ignored. They're in the mainstream media, but they're not highlighted by the mainstream media. They're kind of buried. They're like maybe page five or six, you know, and they'll find wow. them and they they highlight them. And what I haven't seen it as much, but one of the things you, I was seeing a lot in the summer, and it was in a depressing kind of way, was I'm not even joking on the regular, you know, so and so, so and so, black trans woman murdered in City X. Yes, black. Tra- I mean, very to the point where speaking of like, yeah, black. Why is no one looking at the fact that black trans women? I think trans people in general, but black trans women in particular, are being killed 
and murdered at an alarming rate more than it's, it must be a shocking rate for i mean there can't how many tr- black trans people can there be and the fact that i'm seeing yeah. it once a week is a problem yes and yes. it was sort of ignored by the mainstream media but it's big in the gay media and uh so the fact that drag race highlighted that that black trans women are under attack like we've never seen and uh, I was very, very happy to see them point that out and, and to bring that to light. Of course, no one will talk about that. But if Utica Queen goes home, the white queens will lose their motherfucking nine. Right. They'll go burn down a world, world of wonder. Yeah, they'll go. Now, by the way, let's go to a, let's end on a happier topic and a good transition. Candy at the, the beginning of the Elimination Day talks about her crush on Joey J. And then she starts. I, I love how Candy essentially is pulling her pigtails because she's like. I love this Joey J. I want to get, I hope he goes, we can get married and he can take care of me and I can be his queen. I don't like your taste level. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, what did you think of that? Well, and I also find it interesting that she has no problem with telling Elliot that her taste level is, yeah. is problematic. But, um, when Joey, she has a problem with Joey's and she's very kind and very, because th- there's that ulterior motive of wanting to get in Joey's pants. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. Any other thoughts on this elimination day, Taylor? No. Okay. No, well, I think we covered it. Now it's time for the looks. Now, while you get ready, Taylor, to talk about the looks here, I want to say, because as we know, there are 36 looks to cover. 36. Okay. 36. And we're already a little over an hour into the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this is not boating well, actually. So what I'm doing, I'm introducing a new segment. Okay. After every one round of looks, because there's three different rounds. We're introducing a new segment. I'll wait till after the first segment to introduce it. But we're doing a new segment. So to help me keep me engaged. And help the audience for who doesn't like the looks as well keep say engage. We're introducing a new segment uh, just to break it up a little bit. Okay? Okay. All right. Very good. But on that note, first, let's go to the looks. The first look uh, is mixed bag. Taylor, why don't you tell us about uh, the looks here uh, for mixed All bag? All right. So the the looks were all where you had to incorporate the word bag into the description of the costume, sure, or the or the outfit. So um, I what I did was in a way to kind of help expedite things along. I ranked every look from one to five. Oh, wow. so yeah. So I figured that I watched it last night and then I watched it again today to make sure that my numbers still matched up. And for the most part, they did. A couple of them changed, but uh, so the first looks is uh, Denali. Who came out? I believe as airbag, yeah. and she came out as a test uh, crash crash test dummy. Mm-hmm. Um, I gave this look a three. I thought it was sort of Halloween costumey to me. Oh, yeah, which I, I could see that. That is a common theme with a lot of them, but in particular, this felt like something that you would get at a Spirit of Halloween store. Yeah, I agree. That's a that's a good idea. All right, Joey J came out in an IV bag, which then didn't get the joke of the fact that she had IV going up the side of her nurse's outfit. Didn't make any sense to me that she could not have put the two of those together. Uh, but she came out with an IV bag on, sort of as, as a sexy nurse. Uh, again, Halloween costumey, uh, but it was still, it was kind of hot. And um, I thought it was well done. I gave this look a three as well. All right. No, I gave this look a four actually okay. because she was she was sexy in it. All right, very good. 
So La La Re came out as a bag of bones. Uh, I gave this look a one. She came in with a bottom of the dress kind of ballooned out and it was almost looked like a, um, like a canvas bag or a burlap bag. And then there were, I think the idea was that it was supposed to be bones kind of exploding at the top of it, which is why she was wearing a black dress. Um, and she was holding a skull. Oh, the only reason. That's sort right. of is what yeah. I was assuming was the look for there. Yeah, yeah I think you're right. Uh, but the one thing that I would give her the one on was her makeup was super, super pretty. She was gorgeous from the neck up and with the Diana Ross hair was amazing. But the look itself, not great. Wait, can I step in here? Sure. I hated this look. All right, go on. Okay, so next up was Elliot with two T's who came in as a gift bag, uh, which was a blue... Uh, a blue shiny dress where she had had it look like tissue paper coming out the top of it. Uh, I, uh, I gave this look a two, um, but it was really kind of, again, it looked like a Halloween costume. It looked like a sexy Halloween costume. And, and I am sure we will see people doing this as a costume next year for Halloween. If, you know, we are able to actually all go out and do stuff. So. Um, I also find that she looks like an actress from the 80s who I believe her name was Teresa Genzel. She was in the movie The Toy and she oh used to be God. on the Tiffany show all the time. That's who I see when I see Elliot with two T's. It hit me last night with You're the right. wig. Mm-hmm. I figured you would know who I'm talking yes, about. Because yes. Carson, yeah, like so. a, a Jackie Gleason on The Toy played a character named U.S. And she, she, she had yeah. a southern accent so she would say you ass. Yeah. <laughs> and the little boy's last name was Bates. And the butler called him Master Bates. Yes. Yes. Okay. So the next was Tamisha Iman in that old bag, which was really, she just sort of came out as an old lady with a, uh, with a, with like a shopping bag in her hand. Uh, very plain, very plain look. It really, again, looked more costume than, uh, that could have been, if they had done old lady drag, it would have fit as well. So I gave that look a two. Mm hmm. Okay. Um, oh, I didn't. Okay. Uh, Tina Burner came out as a brown bag, brown bag in it. I didn't actually write down her thing. Oh, I guess I did. I, I gave her a two. I did not like the look. Um, I thought that it was, I, I'm not a fan of just light brown or nudes or anything like that. And I don't really quite get what was at the bottom of the dress, what that was supposed to be. All right. So not a fan of that. Um, we also had Candy Muse in a bag of tricks. Mm-hmm. Uh, I gave Candy a two for this, but I honestly, I think at this point, it's just that Candy really can't do anything right. But it was, it was really more about all the tricks, I think, than it was for the actual look for her. So not a fan of that. Um, I gave her a two. Next up is Olivia Lux in punching bag. Uh, and the only thing that went through our head when she came out was, she must have seen Simone come out in her look uh, from a couple of weeks ago. And when she saw that, went, oh, shit. Because yeah. <laughs> it's basically the same look. Yeah. But I thought Olivia looked great in it. I, I didn't realize how, and I'm saying this I'm saying this respectfully, but I always sort of assumed Olivia was a tiny queen. But it looks like she's actually a little thicker than we realized in this look and in her final look as well. And I'm totally okay with that. But I thought she looked beautiful. I gave her a three. All right. Very good. Um, 
Next up, I'm going in the order that they were in, even though the looks in the Discord aren't in the right order, so I'm scrolling back and forth, is Gotmik, who came out in a body bag, which to me was very Dragula, um, sort of with a split open, um, with all of her guts and everything kind of hanging out, and then she had on a jacket that looked like a body bag. Uh, I gave this look a four. I thought it was great because it was like something we would see on Dragula, but elegant as far as where like the flaps of where the skin is open is clearly a sequined look versus just sort of something where somebody actually put blood on themselves. And, and I, I thought it was a great, I can't help but wonder if she looped the intestines and then had the intestine hanging out, if it was supposed to look like a dick and balls, I feel like that was done on purpose there. Look at her. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, next up was Rose and Rose came out in a Scottish outfit, speaking with her Scottish accent with bagpipes down the sides of it. I originally gave this look a three because I thought it looked sort of costumey, but I realized looking at it the second time with the bagpipe, uh, reads, I don't know what else you would call them, sticking out the sides of it. It actually is a little bit more impressive. So I'm going to up that to a four for oh, me. Oh, wow. Look at you. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, next up was, oh, I forgot Simone. Simone was fun bags and she came out in a, what she said was Diana Ross inspired dress with enormous balloons in the chest. Thought it was very, very funny. Um, I love the fact that Nicole Byer said at one point, I didn't realize they made old Michelle in black, which was a funny joke. Um, and it was, it was very fun. I gave that, that might have, that was my favorite look. So I'm going to give that look of all of the looks a five. Oh, um, because it was, it was fun. And uh, fun bags, as it were. Uh, and then we have that leaves us with Utica. And Utica came out as a French poodle inspired. I did not like this look at all. I know they talked about this look. Yeah. You know, I was saying that it was very high fashion and everything. But but I think some of the faces, faces that she was making and we're supposed to be dressed very in this high fashion look. But then we're lifting our leg and stuff. It yeah. just it kind of took away from the whole experience. And it just seems there was a lot going on with all of the colors being very, pretty much white or shades of white. I couldn't tell what was her wrap versus what was her hair versus what was the blouse versus it just it was there was a lot going on at least on my screen so I gave that look a one. All right, very good. I want to comment on something. One comment probably might be a talking point here is there was some and we're gonna it's gonna tie into Tamisha, believe it or not, too. There was some uh, chatter online about how oh be like oh uh, 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 Olivia Lux stole Simone's look because there are the people who believe in this fantasy world that the queens make the outfits in the workroom. They just made one mm-hmm. this week. It's unusual for them to make it in the, in the workroom. So they come with them pre-prepared. So, yeah. uh, and, and, and Olivia Lux has addressed this. It's been addressed online, but there are still people who think that some, that Olivia copied Simone, and, and you addressed it too, is they bring the vast majority of their looks, you know, 99 yes. out of 100 looks are brought. And that comes to my Tamisha Amon comment in that there is a, uh, a criticism on the judges panel about, um, Tamisha not being up, to, her looks not being up to the level of some of the other queens, and that sort of old drag and whatnot. And I think mm-hmm. the uh, un- inherent unfairness of that is that um, this is one of those cases where Tamisha's experience and uh, just her place in the drag world have come to hurt her, in that a lot of these queens, and people may or may not know this, I think they've talked about this on Race Chaser only use i mean they they all like basically go into enormous debt to hire uh designers 
to uh, design these clothes for them. Once, So once they get chosen and they get the master list of the looks, there is a mad dash to get these looks made by the designers and get them done by the time that they go to Drag Race. And they go into a lot of debt uh you know uh to get these looks made and have them on the show but i don't think tamisha did that and that is yeah. that's something unfair about the competition so a queen who has money or is willing to put herself in debt for it in the hopes of uh making that money back in the clubs uh has an advantage and that's inherently unfair maybe tamisha a didn't have the money i don't know her finances but also b said, I'm not going to put myself in fucking $30,000 worth of debt for a competition. I have tons of clothes that can work on this. And I think they're holding it against her. And I don't know I don't know how you solve that. But uh, I, I think at least it should be acknowledged in the show. You know? Yeah. They try and pretend like these girls just show up with these fierce looks. And it's like, well, they're putting themselves in enormous debt to do it. Alright, yeah. well that is round one of... The looks. All right, Taylor. Well, we're introducing a new segment today. It's sort of, sort of cut up the looks, so there's not so much just like, you know, minutes and minutes of just looks. We're doing a new segment that I have a suspicion will be with us for a while. Here it is. I hate candy. <laughs> I hate candy. All right, Taylor, it's time for our segment, I Hate Candy. We're going to first discuss um, Candy and Elliot from the show. This is when she tells Elliot that it should have, you know, they, they get into it. And Oh, no, I think this might be from Untucked, actually. This is from Untucked. Yeah. Here, here we go. <laughs> My question for the group would be, since we are safe right. and we aren't getting critiques, right. is there any critiques that girls here could give to each other? I believe who is that? Is that Olivia that says that? Who says that? That's Olivia. Yeah. yeah. All right. Elliot, I think you need more self awareness. I-, <laughs> I really think we we hear the shade rattle there. I really feel the shade rattle was more for like bitch, really? What? Yeah. I don't know if that was for Elliot. Alright, here we go. I think sometimes you need to read the room. Elliot needs it. Get self awareness, and Elliot needs to learn to read the room. Can you can you imagine this fucking bitch with her, Elliot? You need to. I, I part of me was like, did they have a mirror in front of her? I didn't know she was talking to Elliot. <laughs> well, and I mean, I I can't help but feel like they, if Elliot was not reading the room, you know, I mean, they showed like again one scene, the first episode that she was in with Candy, where she said something that Candy took offense to. I would think if that was an ongoing issue on the show of her consistently poking the bear, whether it was Candace, whether it was somebody else, that that would be a storyline because there's not a lot of storylines yet so far that they would be consistently doing that. So the fact that she's saying this to her, I kind of call bullshit on other than this is her just continuing to hold on to that one experience where she had a comment when she first came in. And by the way, I want the record to show that I realized outside of the show and in recently in this past week, Elliot's been under fire for some microaggressions and things that she said outside of the show. For purposes of today's show, we're not addressing that because we're just addressing what happened in Untucked. 
So we realize that Elliot has said problematic things, and that can be addressed on the rumor mill, which you can listen to if you join patreon.com slash afterthoughtmedia at the premium level. All right, here we go. Let's go back to this. I think sometimes you try really, really hard to fit in with the rest of the group, and you need to start being a little more... Hello. Okay. Again, are we speaking to ourselves? We're trying really, really hard. And that is what it feels like. Candy is constantly, look at me, look at me, look at me, look at me. I'm going to change your name to Hector Muse for Hector Projector because I don't know if she's projecting there. Am I, that No? Yes? What? No, I, I think she is projecting there. I think there is a, there is a projecting there. We often see in others what we don't like in ourselves. Yeah, exactly. Oh, where? And I'm telling you this as a sister. I'm a sucker. What's, don't be my sister. Well, and I can't help but wonder if this is also something where Olivia asked that question and she immediately goes, you know, Elliot, you know, sort of thing versus, you know, Elliot saying, oh, does anybody have any thoughts for me? Well, not only that, I think now look, in fairness to Candy, I guess, right? Olivia could have been better with her words. And what I mean, I think what Olivia meant and the implication was about our looks, <laughs> Yeah. Like when you're on the runway, Rue's not saying, Elliot, you're not self aware. <laughs> like she's saying, I don't like this outfit. I don't like this. And I think Olivia meant because the, the, the complaint was, Oh my God, I had these fierce looks and I didn't get to hear the judge's opinions about them. That's an excellent point. That is an excellent point that I missed. Yeah. All okay. Right. Here we go. Confused where this is coming from, though. I mean, there's just certain things that you say and and do that are just a little off putting. And that's why that... I don't understand that why this is coming up now. If again, who is Candy to say there are certain things that you do that are off putting? Yeah. Yeah, but by the way, she, you know, oh my god. <laughs> Later on. As we'll see, they come down on Tamisha, Candy and her squad come down to Tamisha, they're like, apropos of nothing, you just came in there and said, like, I don't like you, blah, 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 blah. Like, what are you talking about, Elliot? Like, this Clearly, this Olivia was talking about uh, critique our outfits. Let's critique our outfits. And you yeah. go after Elliot personally and starts to say all this stuff about her. And, uh, and no one asked you. No one asked for her opinion on Elliot as a person. If it right. was something that. Well, we're giving critiques. I'm going to catch it to myself and not say anything, but I'm talking to you as a sis. That's a horrible thing to hide behind. I'm just telling you as a friend. I'm just telling you as a sister. Right. These horrible right. things about you. Meanwhile, Tamisha was acting as a sister and just said you're arrogant. And she lost her motherfucking mind. We'll hear that in the, after the next one. But If you don't want that, I don't have to you get You don't have to get fresh all of a sudden for no reason. Calm down. Miss Thing, don't try with me. I'm not trying nothing. So uh, I'm th I'm I'm saying uh, you you don't uh, it, I'm telling you respect my boundaries yes. and you're immediately getting defensive yes you know, immediately I am I also somebody the worst thing you can say to somebody is calm down yes. there's other ways to say calm down so I so in that regard I can see where that would flip a switch with candy but ultimately ultimately just. She's a nightmare. What's funny to compare her is. Um, you're saying this, but Candy does the same thing to Misha. To Misha's very calm. She's like, oh, I'm totally calm. <laughs> you know? All right, here we go. No. I'm just saying I'm responding to what you said. Is that okay? And I'm telling you as a sister, you need more self-awareness. Because <sighs> you don't get to tell me what I need. Yes. 
You don't get, you don't get to say what you need. I, I, if that is your opinion, that's great. But the, you know, we, you, you don't, you don't do that. You, you, it is not your place to decide how everybody should be responding so that it suits you. I know. I agree. We just said here, if we had critiques for each other, what would it be? My crit- the looks, you stupid dummy. To you is have more self-awareness. Read the room. Period. And a discussion. Moving on next. Wow. Yeah, no. Okay, okay, okay. That whole fuck that, that to me is just this, where I'm gonna say what I wanna say. But this this is this is the problem with her. I'm gonna say what I wanna say, and then eventually I'm I'm not we're, we're not talking about anything else because we're not gonna allow you the opportunity to prove me wrong. I hate candy. I have it as a drop in a bed. I'm just ready to. Anytime we talk about candy, I should just have this music playing. <laughs> she's a, she's a, and what's funny? She's already doing like the uh, control on the on, on, on social media. Like she's already doing damage control and like not even, but, but just like. But what's funny is leaning into it, and it's like there's one point where like Tina outside says, "Roll the tape." I'm like, "Yeah, we saw the tape. I've pulled the tape. We're gonna hear after the next round of looks. We're, we're gonna hear that. Oh, we're gonna hear Tamisha versus Candy, and this is what everybody will be saying. I hate candy." <laughs> All right. Well, Taylor, with that, let's get back to the looks. All right. Uh, okay. The next round is called Money Bags. What do you got for us, uh, Taylor? Money Bags. Yeah. So the first look is Denali, and Denali comes out in a very Cruella Deville inspired outfit. I didn't realize this was a pant. Uh, this was this had leggings to it, oh, and then did? sort of had the long train behind it. Um. And I, which made me love the look even more. I really kind of liked it, but then when I saw it was that, I was like, ooh, that's really awesome. So I gave that look a four. Mm-hmm. Um, Joey J came out in a, in a cat suit with a red blazer and a, uh, an eye patch. And I don't get why she put a bunch of zeros and ones on her bag. It didn't make a lot of sense to me. Uh, so it was sort of plain and kind of off the, rack looking so i gave this look a two well you realize that was binary code i don't know what the binary code said but right i get that it's binary code but nobody's gonna know what nobody's gonna know what that is or very few people would know what that is next up is la la re she came out in a in a very in a jewel colored print sort of short skirt no wig so she came out as a strong woman with the, who feels comfortable and confident shaving her head um, or not having hair. And this was her definitely her strongest of the three looks. And I loved the print itself. I gave this look a four. All right. Um, Elliot with two T's came out in another very structured business suit, uh, red, red look. I think Carson said from the, from the banking firm of bottoms and bottoms, which yeah. was, which was kind of funny. And I, I loved this look as well. I thought it was great. Look, I gave this look a four. Mm-hmm. So next up is Tamisha Iman. Tamisha came out in a skirt and a blouse and with highlights of green all over it. Uh, not a good look for Tamisha. It felt very off the rack to me. It felt like something for somebody who makes her own stuff. This looks like something she could have bought in a store. Um, and I thought the shoes with the big ribbons around the ankle, it kind of cut her off. Um, and made, made like her feet look big. I don't, I don't know, but, uh, I gave this look a two. Okay. Next up is Simone. Simone came out in a pink pantsuit, a, like an iridescent pink pantsuit with a, 
flaming red uh, wig. Uh, as much as I love Simone, I did not like this look at all. And the weird baby shit green coach purse did not help at all. It was it was jarring and uh, it stood out not in a good way from the outfit. I gave this look a two. Mm-hmm. So, so as far as business suits go, the next one is Olivia Lux, who had a business suit with a cape. I loved this look. I wasn't crazy about her hair, but I loved the look. And I loved that the accents that she put on the purse matched the striped lining on the inside where there is definitely some um, like golden yellow stripes in there, but they're really thin. But then she accented that with like the big flower. And there's something else on the one other corner of the picture that I'm looking at. Uh, great, great look. I gave this look a five. This was my favorite look of all oh, really? of these looks. Yes. Um, so no, I know there is somebody else who's a five. So there's, there's two looks here. The next look is Gottmik who came out in a asymmetrical suit that apparently was pinstriped with Swarovski crystals and had big, uh, tool down the pant legs and down along the shoulder going, going down the one sleeve. I don't get why everybody went nuts for this look. Mm-hmm. I, I don't, I, it's a, maybe, and my husband said to me, like, when we, even when we watched it the second time, he said, well, maybe it was, the TV didn't allow it to really kind of shine the way it did live there on the, on the stage. Um, I was just sort of like, okay, I mean, it's a three. It just seemed very middle of the road to me. Wasn't, wasn't my favorite. Um, Next up was Rosé. Rosé coming out dressed like Bette Midler in Big Business. I got the reference right away. Um, as I think many gay men of our age would have gotten this reference. And I thought she looks like Bette Midler. It was very much, it kind of looked like a costume. It, there wasn't anything that really kind of accentuated it. They talked about maybe making her hair bigger or even doing something. But looking at this, she could have done shoulder pads that were like super, super big in 80s um, or something of that sort. But I mean, it was okay. I gave it a three middle of the road. Okay. So, all right. So next up is Tina Burner. Now I hate this Tina Burner. We've we've established this. Yeah. One thing I love as much as I hate Tina Burner is I love Houndstooth. Houndstooth reminds me of my grandmother. My what grandmother had this great. Houndstooth? I don't know what that is. Houndstooth is the black and white pattern that is makes up the outfit, where it's sort of it almost looks like little teeth that kind of connect with each other. And Houndstooth is normally a black and white, but you can also do it in other colors. This was my other favorite look. As much as I do not like Tina Burner, I had to give her a five for this because I just, everything about this, plus the style, the very 1950 style suit, um, just everything about it was just gorgeous. When she came out, I went, fuck, I hate Tina, but I love that outfit so much. So she gets a five. Mm-hmm. Then we have the dumpster fire that is this outfit candy music uh, wait hold on me. for a second hold on for a second <laughs> i hate candy okay um she came out in a outfit where it was sort of like some sort of lingerie and then she had a wig made of money and she had dollar signs in the in the um in the in the lenses of the of the glasses and she was talking about that she's a ceo but she's in her underwear but she's smoking a blunt and she the whole story didn't necessarily yeah, make a lot of, of what what ceo is like, this right i feel like her go-to is immediately ho like that is just who she is and we're not going to see her expand beyond that because we've seen enough looks from her at this point where her thing is i want to I'm, I'm going to accentuate my body, which is fine. And, you know, even even as a big girl in this outfit, her body looks good in it. 
mm-hmm. but it's still I'm getting tired of everything has to have ho at the end of it. And I feel like at some point somebody's going to say to her, let's try something other than ho. You know? Okay. So she gets a one from me. So, you know, no, she gets a zero. She gets a zero. No, I don't like anything about this. It's, it's garbage. So next up is Utica who came out and she said a Carol Burnett inspired outfit. I guess Carol Burnett did a uh, Chicago, like, or did a parody of Chicago on the Carol Burnett show or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and I gave this like a three. I thought it was pretty good. I don't get why the earrings are on the lapel versus being actually in her ears. But, you know, the the thing shimmied where they were supposed to. And I thought that it was I thought that it was it was a middle of the road look for me. So I gave this look a three. By the way, I want to go back to Elliot's description of her outfit. And she says she's like a Rose Nyland, but she's a CEO of a book place. And she's going to read these bitches for filth. And I'm like, have you watched what what makes you think right. Rose I, Nyland would yeah be a CEO and then read people for filth? Yeah. Yeah. She, the whole idea about Rose Nyland is she's a charming idiot. Yeah. You just but to be to fair, we've watched Elliot T for five episodes. So she, in fact, may also be a charming idiot. I don't think so. self, this Elliot's self aware. All yeah. right. Well, that's round two. Now, Taylor, it's time for our new segment. I hate candy. I hate candy. Alright, here's what we're gonna do. We are going to play, cause this is, this next bit is six minutes and 35 seconds. If I stop every 30 seconds and, uh, talk, we're gonna be here all day. So we'll play a big chunk of it, not, we'll play 45 seconds or something, 30 to 45 seconds, and then we'll talk. Alright? Okay. Here we go. Yeah. So, critiques, critiques, what's up? So, yeah. Did you say it's right or it's not right? Yeah, that, that should be right. At the end of the day, I'm going to speak for myself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is Tamisha speaking, by the way. Mm-hmm. It's a couple of you girls I really don't care for. Oh, but I have to commend you on your drag. This is drag race. I'm kind of old school. And y'all are doing drag. I commend y'all on that. You get, you get what I'm saying? So I know why I'm in the bottom. I don't have a problem with that. But I'm one to give props or props to do. Y'all turn it. Thank you. And I Thank still you. say it's a couple of girls in here I don't care for. Because you have some really nasty attitudes or whatever. But that's just me personally. You're looking at me. You're talking about me. You won. But I'm just oh. saying. It, 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 I don't it, think I have a nasty attitude. I think I, I just a... say how it is. Keep in mind. It's not like that. It's, it's like you're overconfident. And there's nothing wrong with that. But it just come off as arrogant. That's just my opinion. I'm nobody, though. Oh, wait. Do, wait. Hold on. Well, how... Let's stop right there. That's a good That's a good breaking point. That's a good, that's a good place to stop. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Taylor, go ahead. <laughs> This is going to be the bed for underneath I Hate Candy segment. Okay. I don't uh, – this is one of these that I've been talking about how much I love Tamisha. And while I eventually love Tamisha again when she holds her own against Candy, I don't get – this was a very odd train of thought that she went on where she comes in. Uh, the only thing I could think of is that she is panicked that she is going to have to lip sync. And she is just sort of talking and we're not necessarily thinking about what we're saying. And because she is kind of all over the place here of where she's ta- where there's no reason to say, especially a second time. I don't like some of you girls, but you you brought it. You know, I, th- I think there's a way to say there's a way to have said that once and to have maybe kind of let it go. 
but for her to say it repeatedly didn't help. I mean, she was definitely, she was definitely flicking, you know, gas soaked rags at a fire sort of thing at that point. Do you think there's an element of she's sitting there? Obviously, it does not feel good to be in the bottom three. And she's sitting Mm -hmm. there thinking like, probably thinking, I don't know, I can't get into her brain, but like, I don't have the money these fucking bitches did and I hate them, but they look, you know, like, but also like, there is a little bit of like, I can't believe I work so hard and I'm not safe and these arrogant people who are, are here and there's a little bit of resentment, but she's sugarcoating it and that you guys look great but you guys are kind of arrogant because she's probably angry it's coming out of anger well, but, but i think that they were really more judged on their final look that they created versus the other looks so there was a combination of that so as far as the whole idea of <clears throat> you know this is about you know they, they, they came in with stronger looks than i did because they had money and i don't have money and they make me on stuff that i don't know that i necessarily agree with that but there probably is some resentment yeah, to some degree okay. as far as that she, she comes in talking about that she's all about craftsmanship and she's all about making the gowns and stuff and then you've got and then you've got Candy sitting there where she really it looks like Candy just kind of sewed backpacks together y'all there isn't be, really oh, that look is horrible yeah, yeah. alright alright let's get back to this oh wait we're sorry I hate Candy Do I come off with arrogance to anyone else in this group? Yes, Candy. I mean, <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know you're arrogant, girl. girl. Uh, I believe it's Joey? I could be wrong. Okay. No, it's not Joey. I can't remember who it is. It's not Joey because she asked her at one point, do you think I'm arrogant? Which we'll get to that later. But is it I Elliot? Mean, that, that kind of kind of like Denali. Oh, Denali. Okay, here we go. Well, it's not necessarily a bad well, thing, but you don't think so? Well, I think there's a difference between being arrogant and being confident in who the f*** you are. It is a difference. You're not being confident. You're being arrogant. I don't see uh, arrogant. No, 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 hold on, hold on. Because if I'm being arrogant every motherfucking morning, every single one of you bitches sits up in that mirror and smiles in my motherfucking face. So therefore, I'm being... First of all, two people have spoken. Now, she's already just lashed out at the entire group how they're two-faced to her and blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Arrogant. You bitches can call it out the way I call out every single thing I see in this motherfucking workroom. She just said. No one asked her to call out everything in the motherfucking workroom. She she put that onus on herself. I like, just did. No, yeah. because I was just called arrogant. There's a difference between being confident in who you are and what you're putting out into the world. It's not my fault I could walk up in here and out of the room and you can't. You know, I should agree with her. There is a difference between confident and arrogant. She's arrogant. Like, yeah. <laughs> Period. Who are you talking to? Who are you addressing to? To anyone that wants to take it personal. Oh, well, I, I didn't take it personal because I didn't think he was talking so, to me. See, that's funny about, like, <laughs> that's sort of how Candy should have been with Elliot or something, you know, like, all right. That being said, I'm arrogant that I'll be motherfucking arrogant to the day I motherfucking die. So what, we're, so what we're saying is we're not willing to grow. Mm-hmm. We're not willing to learn that if somebody, much like she is, she had no problem saying to Elliot, you know, you need to learn to read the room. You need to do these things. Oh, 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 you want to come back to me? No, period. Stop. End of discussion. This is the way it is. Now she's on the other side of it where Tamisha is saying to her, you're acting arrogant. No, I'm going to be arrogant to the day I die, period. End of discussion. So the rules apply to everyone else, but they don't apply to her. 
But I often think it's the mark of a bully that they want to say their piece, and then when you try to defend yourself, they don't let you. They don't want to hear it. Right. And that's what she did right. with Elliot earlier. Is like Elliot starts to defend herself, whether it made sense or not. She was trying to defend herself. She's like, "No, I'm done. I've made my piece. Period." You know. Yeah. And uh, and she's essentially doing yeah. It this fucking harp. Oh, I hate candy. All right, let's get back to this. All right, here All right. we go. I'm arrogant to you. No. I'm arrogant to you. No, I'm arrogant no. to you. I'm arrogant no. to you. I'm arrogant to you. Which, that's a, a bullyish move to like, then right. you're screaming and yelling. Now I'm going to point at everybody and say, am I arrogant to you? Blah, 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 blah. Uh, there are some people who stand up in a second. You'll hear. But that's an in- yeah. intimidating position to put people in. It's actually Trumpian, to right. be honest with you. Yes, it is. Okay, I'm arrogant to you. What are you doing right now, girl? I might, I asked the question. Am I arrogant to you? I was called arrogant. I want to ask the girls if I'm arrogant. So I'm I'm arrogant to you. Some of the things you have said, I've. This is Rose, I believe. Thought were a little bit arrogant, but that doesn't make me dislike you. If I'm saying something. And I feel it's important that Rose does it because I know Rose is sort of a big deal in New York. She knows Candy personally. And, but then it's, it, you, mm-hmm. it's easier to, to stand up to a bully when you have the confidence to know your place. In other words, what I mean is Rose knows, Rose's confident because she is that thing in New York that she can, she knows who Candy is and her place. And so she can stand up to, to Candy because she doesn't think anything bad's going to happen. Or these other queens like Olivia and whatnot, they're like, I don't know what to do. The arrogant in the moment, call it out. I think you're being if arrogant. If we think right there's now, something girl. wrong with it, like, uh, I yeah, mean, I just got called arrogant. No, but of that's course not I'm a... defensive and I'm f-ing upset. You just walked in and say, oh, I don't. Okay, so of course I'm being called out. So of course I'm defensive. Yet when she called out Elliot and Elliot started to get defensive, we shut her down. Yeah. Mm hmm. Hypocrite. Hypocrite. I hate candy. I like you because you be arrogant. Girl, get the f- out of here with that bullshit. Oh, well, that's not bullshit. That's a fact, baby. Like I said, if you don't have star quality, baby. get the f- out of here. If you don't have star quality, get the fuck out of here. Well, why does arrogance mean star quality? By the way, I wonder if it kills candy. If, if that's the case, if you don't have star quality, get the fuck out. Candy, get the fuck out. Because the fans have overwhelmingly fallen in love with this Tamisha Iman and overwhelmingly hate Candy Muse. Yeah. So get the fuck out, Candy. Get the fuck out. I hate candy. Girl, star quality. I've been around 30 years. Little girl. That is the grass when you call someone a little girl. <laughs> the, the, the only way that could have been better with her dress the way she is again the one of my favorite things that uh coco oh fuck coco coco latrice ever said was when she said to the the one is it don't jo- try it little boy jay jolie <laughs> that, no it was it wasn't jay jo- was it jay jolie or was I it the one that went home uh the the little one oh, oh you're my God. right you're right you're right you're right uh i don't remember her name yeah, discord what is her right. name the one the the Latinx one who went home second, I think, or third on season five. Yeah, Coco. Yeah, Coco yells at her. You're right. It's um, don't try it, little boy. <laughs> yeah, don't don't try it, little boy. Yeah, it's so great. Yeah. All right, here we go. 
bottom tonight. Every week, somebody's so, going to be in the bottom. Like I so said. So like I said, little girl, I've been around fine, 30 years. And I'm sitting here pretty. And safe. you are pretty. So let me be arrogant. Let me be well, arrogant, baby. Hey, uh, it does not change what I uh, I don't know if she's pretty, but yeah. I said, I said what I said. I never, ever heard any of you bitch. And I love Tamisha never backing down. Or yeah. really, for instance, not really losing her cool. I mean, I, she she gets upset, but like, but more is in a standing up for herself kind of way, not in like losing her fucking goddamn mind like Candy just did. That's thirty years of drag queens, yeah, to get to that point of where you. No one could survive thirty years in the drag world if she was constantly. We're we are not going to see on the thirtieth anniversary of episode thirteen. Candy Muse still does drag. Yeah. It's not possible. This is the way that she is presenting herself mm-hmm. and is not willing to, and does not be seem to be at a place where she is willing to grow as a human being. Yeah. She's, she's not long for this world of drag. Yeah. It's just, it's just not possible. Mm-hmm. All right, here we go. Tell that to me, to my face. Now, I just did. She just told her to her face. I think she just said that. <laughs> I don't know how we just got from point A to point B. Cause all I said is y'all walked in. I said, how do you guys feel? Let's talk about who we think we're in the tops and the bottoms. Cause oh, we this, all- is, this is Tina. Now. Oh, here we go. Daddy issue yeah. Tina, you know, daddy issue mm-hmm. Tina now having to step in and her daddy's being crazy, but it's, it's, it's Tamisha's fault. Oh no, we killed it and we were all were there and all of a sudden it turned into, I don't like people in here and you're like, arrogant. I don't know. I- Tina just watched Candy do this to Elliot, by the way. Just watched right. her do this. Right. Like, all we asked was who's in the top and who's in the bottom. Let's have a conversation about that. And then you were there are bitches in here I don't like. If you don't like me, you don't have to pretend you like you like me. It's fine. I don't pretend I'm a grown ass woman. It's fine. Where did that it's conversation fine. come from? It came. God, it's Tina again with her. Came from because as I have observed, you girls. I don't give a. F- I, I don't we, give a. We, f- neither one of us. It's telling me she pretty much gives a fuck. I was gonna say I think that she does give quite a fuck yeah. here. Let's give them. No, you do, because you walked in here saying, I don't like some of you girls. You. So you care. You care. It was just, I was addressing this I'm situation. I'm telling you right now. So I'm going to walk away because I need to calm down because bitches in here is motherfucking me and I'm ready to pop the fuck off. Because you go, oh, say you call me arrogant and like you don't like me. Bitch, you don't know me from a motherfucking. Hole in the wall, bitches, all right? Girl. So I suggest. I'm not gonna be too many Yes, the hell you are. Yes, the hell you are, baby. Like I said, I don't care about the motherfucking And there was an issue that y'all had. Y'all could have brought it up, but y'all didn't. I don't care. Now this is where Gottmik comes in and starts. Oh no, we're almost there. Any of the bottom girls have to say about me? No matter, girl. I'm saying here. This is a gang. Suck it, bitch. This is a gang. This is what I'm talking about. How shit gets fun and shit like that. All we said, who's the top, who's out? It was unnatural. What is wrong with <laughs> Tina? Like, it's like, oh my God, Tina, what? Is- I think Tina, Tina is, I think at this point, <laughs> and we see when Tina and Gottmik kind of come between the two of them. I, I think I have a feeling Tamisha realized, similar to uh, season two, if I get close <laughs> enough and I keep talking, She's going to take a swing. Mm-hmm. And if she takes a swing, she's out. And then uh, we don't have to deal with her anymore. I think Tamisha was willing to take one for the team. Mm-hmm. And I think Tina and Gottmik realized that because as she's talking and as Candy's trying to leave the room, Tamisha's just walking behind her as comment. And that's the worst thing you can do to someone who is getting more and more ratched up is lower your voice and talk very, very calmly mm-hmm. and talk over them the whole time. Because Candy strikes me as somebody that would pop a bitch. Yeah. 
And I'm surprised they actually didn't step in there because that's dangerous. Hold on. It's going to happen right now where she threatens her. That's necessary. It was, uh, that, we didn't ask that question. Nobody asked that question. I, I answered that no, question. We said who's oh. in the top and who's in the bottom. I'm in the bottom. So I'm going to rehearse my What else did I I'm say? What else did I say that you heard? Girls, I don't want to be here right now. I want to go outside. Just come straight. I do not want to be in here. Because I'm going to smack this shit myself. I do not want to be in here. This is when a producer should have stepped up and been, oh shit. They were probably ready. You may still hit me. I do not want to be here. But you won't hit me. This is You won't hit me. Girl, I said, that's you. Here it comes. Here comes Got Mick. It says, stop antagonizing her. Mm-hmm. Got Mick. Something's happening, I, I believe. I don't know. But that's the behavior to me of someone who's had to break up more than one fight between mommy and daddy. You walked in here. I saw my ass And so you're arrogant. I don't like you. You don't like me. But that's not my issue, baby. Tamisha, just leave her alone. Guys, I've never been arrogant to you. Never. I look nice to you, baby girl. I want to go outside. I do not want to be in here. Take her out. Holy. Well, I have the camera out. Well, there goes Untuck for this week. Oh my God. All right. Well, on that note, let's go back to the looks. Oh, we're going to come back. We're going to wrap up that segment. Uh, But Taylor, what are the next looks we have? All right. So the next looks are the looks that they made. I'm scrolling through really quick to get to them. 100% bag drag. Mm -hmm. So the first look is uh, Denali, who was trying to um, do a uh, Day of the Dead look. Uh, mm-hmm. She had bags that had lots of floral prints. She did her face in a sugar skull mm-hmm. type look. I loved this look. I thought this look was great. Um, I, I, the, I gave her a four, however, only because I would have liked for her to, to, to have actually painted her face white. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, the gems around the mouth were too big, mm-hmm. I thought, like where she couldn't necessarily talk. And a couple of them were not asymmetrical and that was a little distracting to me but the actual construction of the dress i thought was absolutely beautiful Mm -hmm. um gave that look a four joey uh just came out in something that was hot glued together i don't really understand what the dress was supposed to look like other than Mm -hmm. it was sort of big bows Mm -hmm. um i originally gave this look a two but the more that i look at it it really is kind of a one and should have got her in the bottom two uh next up is la la re who just kind of hot glued cheap bags to a bodysuit and possibly the worst outfit ever in the history of the show. Rue said that, and I would agree with that, that this it's may be the there. worst thing yeah. if you walked down the runway. Yeah, it's one of the worst. So, yeah, so I, I gave her a, I would have given her a zero, but again, her makeup was fucking flawless, so I gave her, she gets one point for the makeup, much like the bag of bones look from before. Um, next came out, Elliot with two T's. I really liked this. I really liked this look. Um, she said she made it from a beanbag. It was a white and pink cow print. Um, I, I thought that even though it was the, the under, like the bathing suit or wrap that she had on the bottom was kind of basic. Mm-hmm. I thought the coat, the construction of the coat was really, really amazing. Even with like the little slits in the shoulders going down the sleeves and everything. Um, her wig was a mess. There was a, that, that hard line on the wig didn't do her any favors, but mm-hmm. I gave this like a four. I thought it was really, really good. All right. Um, Tamisha came out in an outfit, 
I don't even know what the I know it was made of bags, but I don't know exactly what kind of bags. And I I gave this look a two. I did not like it. I thought that it was overly done. She had way too much going on. Um, and it didn't look she didn't really couldn't she seems to kind of do that old drag queen walk, yeah. but it almost looked like she she was having difficulty with mobility in it because of the construction of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I love Tamisha, but this was not a good look for me. I gave this look a two. Mm-hmm. So next up is Simone, who had taken, uh, I think, canvas beach bags and made them into a little beach outfit. This look was a this look really should. I'm going to change. I said originally said two. I'm going to give this look a one. It's It's way too basic and not as strong as other looks that we've seen Tamisha in. She was, I feel like she was very, very lucky that she was not called into the bottom because of this look. Mm-hmm. Next up is Olivia Lux, who came out with metallic bags. I loved this look. Um, I gave this look a five. Oh, I thought wow. that it, it, yes, it felt very like her doing an homage to Poison Ivy, the Batman villain. Mm-hmm. And I thought she looked beautiful in it. And I thought the construction was great on it and everything about it was just amazing. So this, this is a tied for one of my two favorite looks, uh, for this particular, uh, category. So. Next up is Gottmik, who had uh, panels from some kind of bag that were all tied together. She made sort of a, a kind of like a chest plate and then had all of the panels tied down one leg. I hated this look. Mm-hmm. I don't get, again, I don't get why they made such a big deal about it. It didn't say, it didn't seem fashion, fashionable to me. It did not seem functional to me. It just looked like a bunch of flag football flags that were all sort of just tied together uh with a jock strap underneath <laughs> just not not a great look uh this look it's a one for me oh wow uh, next up we have rose who came out with these metallic silver balls that she then made into a skirt that were hanging from uh hanging from straps and she made a bra out of the balls and and the, the the dress definitely had movement with the outfit did when she would spin all of the balls kind of went up in the air um great very perfect symmetrical wig that she was wearing. I gave this look a four. I thought this four, I thought this look was fun. Um, I, I like a good robot look. We saw a really good robot look on Drag Race UK last week. And I thought that this kind of fits in the same family of that as far as, you know, drag robots go. Next up is Tina Burner, who kept going on and on about how impressed everybody should be that she made an outfit out of a beanbag. Okay, so you had one panel that you were able to kind of construct this in with uh, red, or sorry, with yellow suspenders, because apparently suspenders is her thing. I gave this look a one. I thought it was very, very basic and boring. It was just very, very boring to me. Uh, next up is Candy Muse, who came out, we talked about this a little bit, where she just sort of strapped uh, uh, backpacks together. And her makeup, I don't get what she was trying to go for with the makeup, but it looked blotchy. And I, I did like her wig. So that sort of gets her a one, but the outfit itself was just a big old mess. And finally, we have Utica who came out in some outfits that were, uh, that an outfit that was constructed from sleeping bag patterns, constructed perfectly. This is high drag. This is high fashion. I I thought everything about this look, right down to the bowl pixie cut wig, everything about this look speaks to who Utica is and is was just amazing. All right. Wow. We got through it, Taylor. Those are the looks. The looks. 
All right, let's just wrap up. We only have a very small amount of time left with our new segment. I hate candy. I hate candy. All right, Taylor, this is where we talk about candy muse. Uh, a couple of things that were in the Discord. The, the queen we were trying to think of with the Don't Try It Little Boy was Serena Cha-Cha. Yes. Serena Chacha. Also, Humble Pie points out, I don't know where her evidence of this is, is that if were Candy to have uh, punched uh, Tamisha. Tamisha Man, that she believes the policy is that they would both go home to prevent that strategy. Uh, I don't know if that's true, but I will say if that is true, that could still be a, tra- a, a strategy on Tamisha's part, knowing that she could possibly be in the bottom, doesn't have long for the show, she's going to take Candy down with her. But we don't know. I don't, I've, I've never heard that policy because I don't think they've ever had that happen. But uh, all right, let's get well, in. I know there was the one early on with Morgan and uh, oh, um, uh, the girl from uh, bitch, I'm from Chicago, Chicago bitch. Uh, where where at one point she's yelling at her and Morgan is doing the hit me right here hit and she's like pointing at her chin mm-hmm. like please hit me sort of thing. So maybe that's where that came from. Mystique, uh, okay. Mystique, yeah, Mystique Summers yeah. Madison. Uh, thank you to Drew, thank you to Drew Books, by the way, for bringing all of those pictures into the Discord so that we could look at them and go over them. He's apologizing for the quality of the pictures, but there's really no need to because I couldn't have remembered 36 looks off the top of my head. So thank you very much. Yeah, you think the producer would put those pictures in there, but yeah, jeez. I hope his friend listens to that and she can come and murder me, strangle <laughs> me to death because I said something about her dear Luke. Oh my god! Here we I go. know you, Joe. That's so arrogant. I know. I'm so arrogant. Here we go. Oh yeah, I think she says I'm arrogant too. I'm a bully. I start going. I go to her house and start yelling at her. No, no, no. Hold on for a second. You just did that. I'm I kidding. You know, you're. I not a have bully. never. You're I. I am the Tamisha. I would have been pushing Candy's <laughs> buttons. All right. Here we go. Am I crazy? Listen. Watch me. Yeah, yes, you are. Yes, you are crazy, but you got a mind and you speak up. But it made no sense and it came out of nowhere. It's on tape. It came out of nowhere. Came out of nowhere. Says, check the tapes. Rewind it. I asked. We did. We were. We've been checking the tapes the whole time, Tina. Thank you. I think you know Graham Norton dated this Tina Burner, and he talked about what a Uh like, like Tina Burner hurt him, and like what a mess she was, and all his friends hated her when they were dating. I'm sitting in the motherfucking safe, bitch. Are you mad? Because you're actually going to go home tonight. Goodbye. And if that's me being arrogant, then so motherfucking I don't give a because she don't piss me off. <laughs> oh, my God. And then, the, the, oh, look at those enablers right there sitting with her. Uh, look, <laughs> so we, we all just saw what happened. We were there. Take a breath. You're fine. All right? You safe. Yeah, She's exactly. in the bottom. We're all just heated angels today. Goodbye. I will say, I didn't pull it, but that B moment was probably good for diffusing the... um anger yeah yeah because candy comes back calmer we're gonna hear that in a second goodbye little gorgeline trisses today and now at this point now there's been a lot that's happened but now candy walks back in the candy walks back into the workroom workroom. yeah this has my favorite moment of the entire thing in it okay here we go this section i was not trying to go off on anyone yeah she wasn't trying to go off on anyone. But I was very yeah, upset. No. She was upset. No. What? You? Yeah. Upset? Oh, I didn't, what? I didn't, is that why you were outside? Oh. 
with the way things just went down in this room was very disgusting. Yeah, we agree. Yeah. Uh huh. <laughs> on my part too, because I went ham. On my part too. Oh, on my part because you went ham. On my part too. On my part too. Not, not. Okay. Okay. Oh God. Okay. Oh. But what you did don't point at me was rude. It was. That's your that's your favorite movement. <laughs> don't point at me. <laughs> I love for some reason when she did that, I laughed so hard <laughs> because it is it is such a queen move. <laughs> yeah, at this point. Yeah, don't point at me. It's awesome. I love that. I love it. Now to my girls over here, uh, I apologize for going off the way I went off. I sit here and I try to make everyone kiki and joke and laugh and make sure everyone's having a good time. Just yesterday, the girls were in the mirror talking about this is terrorism. But why? Why is it her? Why is it her job? To make sure that everyone kikis and laughs. Oh, Candy, right. you light up the room. We have so much joy working with you. And now, the- did anyone tell her that? Who said that? I don't Who know. said yeah, that? I would. I, I'd be. I, angry. I can't imagine you light up the room. Light up the when room when you're in the room. The next day, oh, Candy, you're arrogant. Pick a side and then come talk to me. Well, yeah. I think if someone says one thing one day and then say the negative, I think they're, they're, they're it's closer to the negative than it is the positive. Okay, but then the only person who that would be the case would be, God, I mean, at Tina. this point, the only one she said would be Tamisha. Yeah. And I can't imagine a world in which Tamisha comes up to Candy and says, oh, you light up a room when you're in here. We're just so thankful. And then comes to you the next. Because the only one who really said you're arrogant yeah. is her. I mean, some people agreed or when they had the finger pointed on, they said you can be ar- you can be arrogant. Yeah. Yeah. This kind of goes back to the whole thing of Jade and Gia Gunn of where at one point she, where I feel like Jade said, you're acting ignorant. And Gia said, you just called me ignorant. That's, those are two different things. Was that Jade or was that, um, who's the, the wonk wonk? Oh, um, we don't know anybody's names anymore. I know. Well, at this point, there's got, there's how many queens are there at this point? Jocelyn, Jocelyn Fox. Thank you. Thank you, producer Luke yeah. Stamen for finally helping us out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I did a thing. He just wrote, I did a thing. Also, Jaden, Jaden, and Jaden G are in different seasons. Jade's in season five. G is in season six. I think it's Jocelyn Fox. Jocelyn. Did I say Jaden? Oh, I meant Jocelyn Fox. Yeah. I'm sorry. Okay. Uh, all right. Well, that's the end of this segment for this week of. I hate candy. I hate candy. All right. On the main stage, RuPaul, Kristen's Denali, Elliot, Simone, Olivia, Tina, and Candy is safe. Utica, Rose, and Gottmik are in the top three of the week, while Joey J, Tamisha Iman, and La La Ri are in the bottom three. Later, RuPaul highlights the work of Utica Queen and Gottmik, but finally names Gottmik as the winner of this week's challenge. As for the bottom three, Tamisha ekes out a safe position, leaving La La Ri and Joey J to engage in a lip-sync battle for their lives. The song, Fancy, by Iggy Azalea and Charlie XEX. Is that how you say that? In the end... Yeah, cause there's the nerdy part of me that wants to read the Roman numeral, but I don't know if that makes sense as a Roman numeral. <laughs> In the end, Lana Ri is told Shantae, you stay, while RuPaul just had one thing to say. Joey J, sashay away. Taylor Latte Boy, any final thoughts on the episode? Two things come to mind. Uh, they definitely were quick. Three things actually come to mind. They showed when they went to where it was Gottmik and Utica 
where she complimented both of them. And I thought for a second, we're going to have a tie. But then they ended up where she voted on Gottmik and they showed Utica's face. And I remember on Untucked last week, Utica made a comment thinking that she should have been in the top three, if not the winner of the challenge. Mm -hmm. So I'm wondering if they are starting to plant the seeds of a storyline for Utica, feeling as though that she's either that she's not going to get to where she's going to win something, which usually those storylines end in either she goes home or she has a win. So I feel like we're kind of they're they're starting to plant the seeds for that storyline. Um, the amount of time they spent on Candy watching Joey with the lip sync was very weird to me, mm-hmm. and felt very much of the like okay this the storyline didn't really grow to where there was this big crush that she had on her. It's not like where it was. Um, uh, what do you call it? Uh, shit! Oh, I know who you're the, talking about. You're talking yeah. about um, Jinx Monsoon and uh, Ivy Winters. Ivy Winters. Yes, where it wasn't that where it was played out over. So that was just kind of a weird editing move on my part. On my point, uh, the lip sync, we have now have two lip syncs that I think will go down in the history of the show is just absolutely amazing lip syncs. Um, Lala did, did incredible. The move that she did where she was picking up the dollar bills was genius on her part to do something like that and it was it very very well done very very well done on that part um i like lala re and i hope that she gets her shit together yeah i agree yeah the lip sync though she did i think it actually made that lip sync more interesting at at first it wasn't very interesting yeah and also to go with your thinking about the candy muse they're trying to make it more of a thing that i think candy just thinks joey j is cute is uh they couldn't get the frame that they wanted but actually when you watch closely when they announce lala is uh safe and they're tight on joey you actually see candy cheering in the background you actually see her arms cheering in the background so she wasn't okay. as upset as they made it seem in the edit you can see her cheering in the background so uh about that lala gets to stay home all right taylor any other final thoughts on the episode no all right well, <laughs> I know. We've been, it's so funny. Well, anyway, it, uh, that's going to do it for this week's episode of RuPaul's Drag Race Recap. Be sure to join us next weekend every week as we continue to discuss, dissect, and deconstruct each brand new episode of RuPaul's Drag Race Season 13. So, for Taylor the Latte Boy and myself, sashay away until next week. <laughs> Thank you for listening to RuPaul's Drag Race Recap. Have something to say? Email us at dragracerecap at afterthought.media. For more Drag Race and LGBTQ content, support us over at Patreon at patreon.com slash afterthoughtmedia. You can follow Tanner the Latte Boy on Instagram and Twitter at P-I-M-C Taylor. Follow Joe Batanz on Instagram at Joe Batanz. That's J-O-E-B-E-T-A-N-C-E. This episode was produced by Luke Stamen. Drag Race Recap is an Afterthought Media podcast.